to Uplifting Impact. So happy to have you here with us today. And I'm also happy because we have an amazing guest with us. What I'd like to do is introduce you to Miss Chantelle M. Garrett. Chantelle is responsible for the diversity and inclusion work at the Federal Reserve Bank in Kansas City. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Her role, what she is responsible for, is she's responsible for leading and executing the strategic priorities and the robust programming of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion throughout the bank's seven-state district. Wow! Prior to joining the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, Chantel served as the Special Assistant for the Office of Civic and Community Engagement for Kansas City for the Mayor's Office. And in this role, she oversaw community relations and led citywide youth development programming. She's also the founder of Rubies, R-U-B-I-E-S, a nonprofit she supported for 10 years that provides mentoring and scholarship for female first-generation college students. Wow, you are doing a lot. (laughs) So glad Yay. to have yeah, so glad to have you on the on the show today. And one of the things that we really like to focus on here is just thinking about this idea of leadership and really thinking about how it intersects with diversity, equity, and inclusion. So one of the things I like to do first is just ask you, how did you get into this work? Why why have you committed your wonderful talents to this space? Mm-hmm. My journey is unique in this space because I was informally in this space before I was a DNI practitioner per se. So I've always been involved in some capacity for probably majority of my career in a community type of capacity, community engagement, external partnerships and things like that. In my previous role, I had always worked with some um, low to moderate income communities, especially community of colors, working to make sure that there were resources available to those individuals in those unique districts, especially in the mayor's office. And then as I came into my role at the Federal Reserve, I was uh, in an external role serving as a strategic engagement advisor. And so in that role, I dealt with a couple of demographics of uh, minority and women bankers. So coming into that role, I made sure that the bank was being diligent and providing resourceful programs and initiatives, while at the same time creating some mutually beneficial relationships as we started to look for board and council members and really sought to build intentional relationships with community members. So, you know, that's how I started off in some of the DNI space and, and utilizing some of the principles within DNI. And then I transitioned into a formal role within uh, diversity and inclusion last April uh, with the promotion at the bank. And so uh, I was able to really utilize some skills that I had built outside of the bank and some boards that I served on and some DNI task force. So it, it really was an opportune time for me to come into this position. And I've really enjoyed it thus far and have learned a lot and continuing to learn in this space. So I love what you were just talking about because that journey, right? Everybody's journey is a little bit different, but what you did is you built on a space that you had a lot of passion, community engagement, working, you know, with populations that were being pushed to the fringes and helping to make sure that they are being included in the conversations. And so it's interesting that you're like, well, I wasn't, you know, per se a DNI practitioner, but you were. 
you just, right. It was like a, a different kind of title. And I think one of the things that I hope our listeners are hearing is that we do have a lot of people who are practicing in the space who may not have the traditional title, but they're doing all of the things of this work. And exactly. one of the things that I've really enjoyed in our conversations is just hearing how you think about community engagement and how you bring that that real passion and that real fire and those concepts, right, into what you're doing internally. So that there's an internal aspect of what you're doing and bringing that community engagement in. And there's an external aspect, right, of how you're bringing the bank out into the community. So I would love to hear a little bit more from you about how those two things are operating. You know, so when we think about DNI from our organizational standpoint, and let me preface, these are the views of Chantel Garrett and not of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City. We have Absolutely. to always kind of disclaimer that. <laughs> but um, it is a external an internal component to this work. And so when we think about the internal, we typically think about our workforce, our supplier diversity efforts, our engagement efforts with our employees and really creating a culture of um, belonging and inclusion. And making sure that we have, you know, strong talent pipeline when it comes to gender and racial ethnic diversity, you know, making sure that we are procuring from diverse vendors. And so when we really look at that internal component, that's great, but it takes more than just the internal piece and it makes sure that we are intentional about engaging what we consider our collaborative partners, but really being intentional with making sure that we build relationships with community organizations that will help us support us in those efforts when we're looking for talent, when we're looking for opportunities to engage our employees in external to the bank, when we're looking for opportunities to make sure that we can find a diverse supplier, looking for opportunities where we can bring organizations into the bank as just being a goodwill partner and a neutral convener where they can utilize our space Mm -hmm. and bring in their constituents. And so with those probably now 12 collaborative partners, we really make sure that is a mutual beneficial relationship to the both of us. You know, we want to make sure that uh, we're able to provide them opportunities to engage with us, but then also that we're able to do the same. And as we build those relationships and we're sourcing talent and people become more familiar with who we are and what we do and what our critical mission is, um, people will trust us look for job opportunities with us. We'll build relationships and rapport with people so that when we're looking for uh, new candidates for our boards and our councils, it won't be cold calls, but it'll actually be relationships that we've built over time and got to know people through these collaborative partner opportunities. So it really is being intentional and showing that you're, you're faithful to your community, that you're engaged and that you're um, really looking to support community in different ways in this um, in this work, and so those collaborative partners, of course, are the gamut of of diversity from disability in to our urban leagues to our Hispanic and Asian chambers, our minority supplier uh, councils, and so really making sure engaged with our LGBTQ chamber that we really have the voices and the engagement of those community partners so that we can do good work and also provide opportunities for our employees. So one of the things I want to pull out a little bit of what you just said was how this is a mutually beneficial relationship. Because I think that a lot of times where people get tripped up when they're trying to do these kinds of collaborations is they're thinking about, what can I get out of this? What can I get out of this? 
or they're exclusively thinking about what can I give you? Well, here's what I'm going to give you, right? And they're not thinking about this as a two-way street. So could you give us an example of, you know, a, a time where you saw this community partnership working really well in a mutual way? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's interesting. You bring a, up the what's in it for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and most times, you know, people do operate in an individualistic manner to say, OK, if I collaborate with this, well, quote unquote, collaborate with this with this entity that they'll do X, Y and Z for me. So we don't even approach that work at the Federal Reserve. We just don't. We go into it with the spirit of partnership. We're going into even utilizing the language partnership and, and not sponsoring opportunity or anything like that, but coming into it as a collaborative partner. And when we do those things, we automatically outline, well, here's the benefits of the organization. And then here is, you know, what we will provide as a partner to you all to support you all in your endeavors. So with us, like I said, it, it runs the gamut of what we provide. So I'll, I'll just give out a couple of examples. So with our partners with Disability In, uh, one of the things we do is we host their, their luncheon and we also participate in their webinar offerings. So we're able to glean from our, our uh, HR side and our DNI side, we're able to really glean on perspectives around people with different abilities and how it impacts mm-hmm. the workforce. But then also when it comes time for us to do assessments around the organization facility audits and things like that, we're able to glean on those type of organizations to provide us with referrals on best practices and other organizations that we could that could help support us. And so we really look at these opportunities holistic the same way with our Urban League of Greater Kansas City. We do too. We host one of their receptions. We're very involved in their programming. And so we really look for opportunities to also send our job posting. So when we're looking for diverse candidates to build some of those opportunities, we know we can glean on our urban leagues and our Asian chambers to do those things. And we really do support and make sure that we send our employees to their events for learning opportunities, professional development, as well as allowing them to come in our facility. And I know that our organizations probably don't have conferencing space or space for partners to really utilize, but really think creatively, well, what is something that we can do for that organization? How do we support their luncheon? How do we make sure our employees are engaged uh, with the work that they're doing? How do we support them in a volunteer capacity, if that's the case? But really thinking about this as a partnership and then being intentional as you build those relationships or you come across an issue in the workforce that this is this organization's expertise. Well, as a good partner, you should be able to pick up the phone and and automatically ask them, hey, can you share some best practices? Can you put us in touch. What should we do with us facing this issue since this is your area of expertise? So that for us is where we really stand with our collaborative partners and really see a benefit to what we're doing with them. So that relationship question is one that I hear quite, you know, a bit like build relationships. And I think that that's great, but I have a question for you. 
So I know that you're great at building relationships, you as an individual, making those connections, but how do you build a deeper relationship so that, you know, that the relationship is not just tied to you so that your business, you know, your service line people, your managers, your, you know, uh, people who are working in the field, people who are in the bank, like that everybody kind of in the organization. So it's not just, oh, we're having this issue. And you think about we should reach out to our partner, but that other people within the organization also start to think about, you know, how we can be a resource and how they might be a resource to us. How do you, how do you spread that into the, into the minds of other people who are working for the organization? Yeah. So I just think relationships have to be intentional and people have to want to engage and have a deeper relationship and so I think with with how we look at our collaborative partners and in that relationship sense, so our team is is really three people right now. And so it takes some intentionality. And then we we partner, of course, with HR, our financial management, uh, various internal stakeholders to execute this work. So one thing that we're intentional about is that the work of DNI is not solely for those with the title of DNI. That the work of DNI is really for everybody, everybody in the organization. And we really think about our internal stakeholders is that when we're building these relationships, we're also introducing our other partners to these collaborative partners, or either staff members of these collaborative partners, to where they feel comfortable asking and requesting information and building some of those deeper relationships mm. as well. And so how I spoke about them having some internal training. So our collaborative partners will have various trainings. We make sure that the appropriate person, as it relates to talent acquisition, supplier diversity, it could be cultural marketing for diverse audiences, things like that. We make sure that the appropriate person internal to our organization gets that information so then they can start to build the relationship and rapport and, and receive the training of those institutions outside of just those that are are formally titled with DNI. So let's say I'm an organization and thank you for that. That makes a lot of sense. But let's say I'm an organization and I say, you know what? I would love to have a collaborative partnership. I think that that's a wonderful idea. But how do I know what's a good one for me to pursue, right? Like, so what are some of the criteria that you would say if you were thinking about bringing in a new partner or if you were at an organization that this was the first time that you were going to be thinking about this idea of collaborative partnerships? What are some things they should be assessing or looking for in in their potential partners? Great question, because we just went through this. So last year, or historically, our collaborative partners had only been central to our headquarters in Kansas City. So we had about eight collaborative partners um, in Kansas City that we worked with, but we had not been formally instituting collaborative partners in our district office. So we have, we cover seven states, we have Mm -hmm. four locations, the other three being in uh, Denver, Omaha, and Oklahoma City. So this year, my staff and I, we really assessed the need for collaborative partners because what we were seeing is that there was some engagement from a community development standpoint with some diverse organizations, but there was no formal institution of us really building that mutually beneficial relationship with them as a collaborative partner, but just one-off opportunities that uh, members in those offices would take upon themselves to engage in. So when we really looked at our, our existing collaborative partners, we looked at the the utilization of benefits that we utilized in the past. So what was our utilization rate? What were some of the things that we didn't find as a value add anymore? We assessed that with 
how many jobs we were able to source from some of these collaborative partners. What did that look like when we sent our hot jobs? Were we able to to garner any additional applicants and and maybe even conversions to um, hires uh, with this collaborative partner? So really looking at, well, what was the value add to the organization in the tie? And so when we looked at adding some additional collaborative partners, we took the approach of only instituting one. So we there there are a number of organizations that are similar to the ones in Kansas City, but we didn't want to take the approach of instituting the same number of collaborative partners that we had in our headquarter office, but we wanted to take an approach where we would add on. So we really assessed them and looked at the organizations and saw what their benefits were, what we would be able to provide to them. We looked at the cost associated and really looked at the ones in the market, what would be best for us. So in some markets, we have a high need for technologists. So if we're looking for technologists, mm-hmm. you know, the benefit would be for us to partner with the organization that's technology-based. So if we're looking, for example, for women in technology and to really build up our, our applicant pool around that, well, we want to go for a women in technology organization to partner with because we're looking for ways to build that relationship so that as those opportunities come along, they have a constituent base that they can share information with. So really looking at the value add on both ends of the spectrum and not just saying, okay, hey, we want to partner with everybody because you as an organization won't find value in all entities. And for Mm -hmm. us, you know, we have some solid collaborators. So Chamber of Commerce, we know are really solid organizations because of the value add from both ends of the spectrum. But when we get down to some other organizations, we really have to assess, you know, what are the value adds? How do we make sure we're collaborative as well Mm -hmm. as making sure that we bring value add to that organization as well outside of just dollars? So that's great because it sounds like you're taking this more expansive view, but it also is very clear that you have a business case behind what you're doing. I imagine that that must make it easier too, as you think about how to communicate that to other partners that you have to say no to and how you communicate that internally. Does that mm-hmm. help? Like, Hey, we have to make this oh, business yeah. case. And this is, this is yes, part of what most, we're doing for. Most definitely having a business case for it and being able to really articulate what are the, the benefits and the value add to the organization is always going to be a win-win for, for everybody. Awesome. Well, it has been so amazing to have you on this show. I have lots of other questions and I'm sure that some of the people who are joining us will also have some some questions that they want to ask you about this idea of collaborative partnership. So where do we go to stay connected to you? Sure. Just uh, find me on LinkedIn, send me a little note, say, hey, I seen you on the podcast so I can accept you, but I would love to connect and always love to learn from people and what they're doing with their best practices. So let's connect. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being with us. For those of you who are joining, we're so grateful to have you here. It's always a pleasure and an honor. Please make sure that you share this. Please make sure that you share this idea, share the podcast, the video, however you're consuming this information, because the more of us that are thinking about this and really pushing into these ideas like collaborative partnership, the more we're going to be able to move the needle in the diversity, equity, and inclusion place. It's great to see you. Looking forward to chatting with you again, and we'll look forward to seeing all of you back also. Take care. Same here. You too.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.